Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, friends. We're back again. Welcome to Fightful Overbooked. It's time for Hits and Misses. It's the weekly show where myself and my pal Drew, we talk about the top five hits and misses of the week, and then we're going to tell you who our favorite wrestler is. Everything's subjective. Nothing matters. But Drew, how are you doing? I'm doing wonderful. It's great to be here on the very first hit or miss on Fightful Overbooked. This is going to be... This is one of my most anticipated things I've ever done, so I'm really excited for it. Me too. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And you know what? If your top five matches our top five, or maybe it doesn't, leave a comment. And in the comments section, let us know what your top five hits or misses of the week were. Doesn't matter which company it is. It could be WWE. It could be AEW. It could be NXT. It could be uh, NXT UK. Maybe it's Impact. Maybe it's uh, a Ring of Honor rewatch that you did. Let us know what your top five was. And maybe let us know who your favorite wrestler was, because every week it's going to change. Drew, are you ready to talk about our top five hits of the week? I am. Let's get it done. Let's go to it. Uh, Number five, we'll we'll alternate you and I. I'm going to go number five was Jade Cargill versus Anna Jay for the TBS championship on Rampage this past Friday night. I think the match was well beyond expectation. I think both women showed out in a way that people were not anticipating. And there were a lot of really good segments that and, and sequences that made that match a lot of fun. And also, John Silver and, and Mark Sterling at ringside made this match even better. Mm. What about you? What do you think? That was, uh, I did really enjoy that match. It was, it was better than I had thought it was going to be. And I think... Uh... I'm a little sad I didn't put that on my list now, but it's, you know what? All right. That's why there's two of us. That's why there's two of us. Exactly. So go ahead. Number five for you. Number five for me is the KO show from raw. Okay. Because I absolutely love Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens together. Uh, they make me laugh genuinely. And um, I hated a lot of Seth's iteration after the you know the whole authority angle from three years ago, um, but there's something about the dancing, like the way he comes out. I really feel like he practices that at home, like it almost seems too perfect. Yeah, and and the dynamic between him and Kevin is hilarious to me, and I want them to be tag team champions soon. I'm picturing Seth dancing with his baby like that and that's how he gets yes. the dance moves. yeah that would that they have to be doing that yeah and then becky's just like watching them and either being like you're both idiots or being like no 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 you have to do it like this and that's <laughs> how he gets the dance moves every week and then ko is somewhere just like on facetime being like why am i watching this garbage <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm just gonna turn on you eventually yeah <sighs> exactly so ko show was not on my list but i agree it was a, it was a fun segment this week so there we go uh number four i think this one's going to surprise a lot of people i really enjoyed the dante chen segment from nxt 2.0 this past week mm-hmm. i think dante chen uh, is not only 
a, a really good wrestler coming in, but also has a story to tell. And the story that they let him tell is very true to life. He did legitimately get injured in training. He did legitimately go home to his uh, to his home in Singapore and uh, was with his father in his last days. And his dad was his number one fan. So the story that they can tell and the emotion that they can get from Dante Chen in that segment, that really worked for me. I think there are some things, big things ahead for Dante Chen in NXT and potentially WWE in the future. Drew, reactions, or do you want to just go ahead? I No, I, I did see that. I was very uh, moved by that. I thought that was one of the better things I've seen on NXT 2.0, just to have that natural type of uh, character building, putting in a real-life story, and hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping that that leads to good things for Dante Chen, because I think he actually is a very good wrestler. There you go. What's your number four? My number four is Britt Baker and Adam Cole and Chris Statlander and Odin Cassidy from Dynamite. That match is special to me because there's... I th- I actually personally feel, I don't know if you feel this way, but I think that Adam Cole is one of Orange Cassidy's best feuds in AEW. And I think it's because, for me, the comedy of Orange Cassidy works with Adam Cole because Adam Cole can play comedy and serious. And now with the addition of... Britt Baker, I think they're probably the best couple on TV right now because they know how to find the cameras and they know how to make it entertaining. And and that's probably the best way to get me to like something is to make it entertaining. <laughs> so you and I have finally matched up. You had this uh, on your number four slot. This was my number two slot of hits for the oh, okay. So that Cole Baker, Statlander, Orange Cassidy match, that made my number two. Uh, the match was well put together. It was fun. It was different, too, because we've seen a lot of this whole best friends versus the elite, whatever they're calling themselves, Paragon or not. I don't know what the name is. We've seen a lot of it, and some of it's getting real cold. But I think this past week, they did a lot of good to mm-hmm. make me get reinvested in the story. And I'm glad that they didn't go the route of Statlander pinning uh, Baker once again and having some sort of build up to a beach break match. No, they instead, yes, it was Orange Cassidy getting pinned. I don't love that because they keep doing it, but I was a big fan of the match as a whole. Adam Cole being up, just being pissed off in a match hasn't happened, mm-hmm. and this was the first opportunity yeah. for us to see him get really upset over something. And it's perfect that it is him being upset over his girlfriend getting pushed into a table which yeah great which spot. Is his fault like it is it's their fault uh, <laughs> so that was my number two of the week um why don't you go ahead give me your number three and then i'll give you my number three okay now my number three i i was gonna have lower on my list but then rampage happened and we'll get to what my number two is after this um but who oh boy I have a big one for number three. Number three, you might, I don't know. You, well, we're going to, this might be one of those moments. Number three for me, the Cody Rhodes promo on Dynamite. 
I didn't even list that promo. So go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead. Give me your thoughts. Let's hear it. And then if if I really feel like rebutting, I will. Go ahead. Okay. Now, I understand that this is not for everyone. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of an anomaly. Uh, I am completely fine with multiple things that happened in the promo that maybe a lot of people wouldn't be fine with. For example, um, breaking the breaking kayfabe aspect of it, like the saying the business terms heal and, and, and all that stuff. Personally, to me, I don't mind. Uh, actually, I kind of like it. Is I I can separate wrestling from all other aspects of entertainment in my head. So obviously, I'm not going to want to watch the newest Spider-Man movie and have you know a, a segment you know in between between Spider-Man and his rival where he is calling him Tom Holland. Obviously, you know that's that's something. I can separate from wrestling that that that's that's something I don't want. But um the the thing about this promo that really hit with me was a lot of it was rooted in truth. Okay. And you know, he's he he listed off what CM Punk said in in the pipe bomb in 2011. He was right in a way where he says he is the one that really broke that mold, got out of the monopoly and and became somewhat of a forbidden door for wrestling, going to ROH, going to New Japan. And the other big thing about this that I really, really loved the most was teaching us with this TNT title lineage that a title doesn't have to have the word world in it in order for it to be important because for a long time in another place, it feels like that was the thing. And I mean, you can really even see it now because where's the intercontinental championship. And yes, it's on somebody who's injured. I understand, but you know, it's, it hasn't been featured at all. You would probably even forget that Shinsuke Nakamura is the intercontinental champion. Um, and for a while, the United States title wasn't as, I feel, as important as it is kind of right now with Damian Priest holding it. So, you know, the Gunnar McGill buddy thing, too, that was just... Fair. <clears throat> it yeah. was a fair criticism for what was going on that week, which we'll also get to later. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. So that was why that was number three for me. Okay. Um, I don't have much to say because I didn't list it. It didn't feel to me uh as good of a promo i think a lot of people are trying to reach to find reasons to make it great whereas at face value the way that the promo felt to me was cody saying a lot of things without saying anything and then saying that's why we're going to have a ladder match with the tnt title which was absolutely like out of left field it was you know all this kind of inside baseball cody talk and then you know and that's why we're going to have a match this this Wednesday at Beach Break. That didn't work for me, but again, I understand why other people want to make the make the plea that there was more to it than 
what I think it is. I'm taking it at face value. Others will look more into it, and I get that. Yeah, understandable. I mean, I also I totally understand if, some, if it's not somebody's cup of tea. So yeah, I, exactly. I totally get it. So let's move on. Uh, that was your number three. My number three, I know, is going to be diametrically opposed to yours. Vince McMahon and Austin Theory on Monday Night Raw. Mm. Now, the irony of this and everything that I just said about reaching is I've mentioned this before on other platforms. Vince McMahon absolutely knows and is understanding of the character he has become or the caricature of himself that he has become to wrestling fans and to wrestlers and people who tell stories about Vince to the point where I think he's just he's basically said, that's the way they think about me. Then let's show them what I am. Let's show them who I am. And instead, you have you're to just be a little bit this... more unintelligible. For... Yeah, I can't garble as much. Um, <laughs> I just, I just think that he is very much playing into something that he knows he ne- does. He isn't fully necessarily that person, but I think he's just kind of overacting it, just like the Mister McMahon character would, as a way to kind of you know tell fans, you know, you think I don't know, but I do know. At least when it comes to like his uh, uh the understanding that the wrestling fans have of him as a human being and so i think he's just playing into that and austin theory you know say what you will about him he's making a pretty good opposite to the crazy old mr mcmahon and i think that's working his matches austin theory's matches aren't necessarily working for me as much but you, you can work on that you can get you can get opponents with chemistry and that can be built but that's how i feel about vince and austin theory this week on raw it's my number three well, then you mentioned that because I also have Vince McMahon and Austin Theory on a list, but it's not my hits list. And it's actually, funny enough, number three on yes. my misses. Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Tell me why. Um, oh, my God. So uh, <laughs> it's it's. It just, it's so, first of all, like I said, just totally, it's just unintelligible rambling for me. Like I, so I, I don't really say this that much. And I know I probably don't think I've even said it to you uh, personally, but uh, I have hearing loss. So I already can't hear very well. (laughs) So when Vince comes on screen, and he's sitting there in whatever you know office he they're in that week. Uh, he just totally can't hear him. I can't hear him at all. So it, it's just you know, really, it, it I just can't hear a word. Even sometimes, even I and I don't know if if you watch things with closed captioning. I do because of my hearing loss. Um, Sometimes the closed captioning can't even figure it out. It just says unintelligible, yelling, <laughs> unintelligible old man ranting. <laughs> um, and and to be honest with you, you know, as you said, say what you will about Austin Theory. There's you know stuff out there that we won't get into here, but um, I have seen Austin Theory in person. I have met Austin Theory in person. Um. He was seems like a decent guy, uh, but I'm not getting the dynamic between him. And it's interesting because you kind of like the dynamic between him and Vince. 
but I do not like the dynamic at all. Okay. Um, I think it just does. It just, especially this past Monday, where it was shot in this weird campy way of like, you know, he's yeah. doing, you know, like when he's mentioning how he's gonna do a bunch of gory stuff to a theory and then you know like the way he's just like going back in his chair with these you know these like over exaggerated facial expressions it, it, it just it doesn't work for me that just didn't work for me at all there we go hey it works you know what that's fine with me let's let's move on uh we already know my number two on the top so what's your number two on the top five my number two which booted the Cody Rhodes promo to number three was Trent Beretta and Nick Jackson on Rampage. Okay. I am not a uh, New Japan person. Like I'm, I've, I've seen a few stuff from there. Um, so I don't know the history of all these things, but the video package that they did on Dynamite for what was supposed to be Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero versus the Young Bucks uh, was excellent. And that really got me heavily invested in this because I love history playing into a match, you know, where two teams or two opponents have history in prior places and then they come and it, it just becomes, it adds more to me for a match. And... Um, but of course, obviously, Rocky Mar- Romero was unfortunately unable to participate, so they just made it Nick Jackson and Trent Beretta, or Beretta, depending on who you, you. Uh, talk to. <laughs> Trent you. Beretta. It's yep. a New York thing, Joel. It's a New York sure thing. It is. Sure <laughs> it is. Um, so, yeah, so like this, this type of wrestling, my chef's kiss, like, it it was so perfect, you know, because they know each other so well, as we just discussed of history. And the finish was not what I expected. I thought that Nick Jackson was going to go over because of it not being the tag team match that it was originally supposed to be. Uh, so Trent getting the win surprised me. And it was just, it was wonderful. It was a great match. So this match didn't make my list. However, I'll add a couple of notes of color. I like the fact that these two had never had a singles match before. And I like that AEW draws attention to that stuff. That's neat. I also enjoyed the finish. And I like that Trent got the win. And it made sense to me because you just keep pinning members of the best friends and for the first time in a while they they switched it up they had best friends get a win and it's it's largely inconsequential but it's a singles win in a moment that you know nick jackson's not used to running singles matches and winning so to me it made sense trent just came back he's on a tear keep giving him wins keep building him even as a single star it worked yeah let's move to number one i think we're both going to have number one at the same spot my number one was the Mox promo from Dynamite. Are we in the same spot or no? We are. We are. We are. I'm glad we are. A venue that heard a pin drop. A promo that had so much rooted in it, and it really felt like they, they just said, go ahead and say whatever the hell you want. John, it's your time. Take as much of it as you need. 
And even dropping an F-bomb, listen, I don't care if someone was yelling from the crowd, dropping an F-bomb still made it extra um, extra memorable and extra important. So I really enjoyed the promo. I'll let you rant a little bit more about why. I, well, yeah. And, uh, and folks, we did not plan this, by the way. We did not plan this. So. It, just, it had to be this way. It, it had, had to be, be this way. Yeah. Yeah, we don't we're not telling each other what our things are. So this is gonna be a big surprise every week. And I'm glad that it's like that. Um Yeah, I, I'm glad you mentioned, you know, dropping the F bomb because it was unfortunate in the moment because of what transpired for that to happen. But it did, I agree with you, it did just add to this promo because it didn't phase him. And I think that, you know, based off of what this promo ended up being about the, the demon, the black cloud, it's almost like as if the person up above was trying to be what he was describing in his dream. And he was saying, go F yourself. And it, 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 we didn't know that at the time, but of course, with hindsight now, you look back and you go, wow, yeah, that was, it was almost like that was supposed to happen. And it was, it was, it was emotional. He looks amazing. He yeah. looks amazing. I was totally like blown away by what, you know, I think it was what, about two months he was out, right? Yep. Yeah. And and just totally getting sober, and it, he looks like he de-aged about eight to ten years. Yeah, no, he looked great. He really did. He looked like he had, you know, lo- lost a physical weight and lost an emotional weight, and that was clear as day when you saw him come out. Yeah, uh, and I'm excited for that. And even just to add a little bit more color, going into that match that he had on mm-hmm. Rampage against Ethan Page, he comes out, he wins. And then he has the face-to-face with with Brian Danielson. And we don't need to get too far into it here because we're on a time crunch. But that is something I think we're all looking forward to, is mm-hmm. Danielson and Mox renewing what should have been leading into that world title eliminator tournament. Yeah. Let's move on. We got to do our top five misses. But you won't miss us every week here on Hits or Misses. Every Saturday morning, afternoon, whenever the hell we release it. I don't know anymore. Leave us a thumbs up here on this video. And you know what? Give us your comments. Let us know if you agree, if you disagree, if you have a different top five stuff you would have added, subtracted. Let us know in the comments. Let's move on. Top five. My first one, my first bad, bad top five bad. Jensen and Caden Carter, their high school crush on NXT. It's it's done. I don't need it. Just get it over with. Have sex. I don't care. It doesn't. I don't I don't understand what we're doing here. I don't I don't love what we're doing here. Jensen Briggs and Jensen lose a match and then immediately Caden and Casey are like, hey, let's go to the party and drink and have fun. And they're like, okay. They should be down in the dumps, man. They should be a little more upset that they lost. I don't love what's going on here. I hate it. <laughs> go ahead. Um I really don't have much to say on this because I haven't paid attention to it at all. <laughs> Good. Fine, let's move along. Let's We're moving along. Five. My number five myth was actually the Becky Lynch Dewdrop versus Liv Morgan Bianca match on Raw. Um, yes, uh, we've discussed this already, but it's can they coexist? I have a video somewhere. 
Someone I know. Posted, I'm sure. I tried to uh, imitate you <laughs> since you're actually in the spot in that video. Yeah. That's right. Um, and uh, uh, no, because people generally can't. And please, please stop. Please stop. It's 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 just bad. You know, the match itself was felt very this move into this move and specifically like live waiting for an elbow into a drop kick at the one point and it's like ah uh, you know look i love live i i i like pretty much everybody involved in this match particularly bianca but man the whole convoluted booking with Liv and Becky and then Bianca and Becky and Dewdrop just getting added just because and you know also you know if you're here in the comments you can just you can just tell uh Joel you know how terrible his stuff that ends up coming right sometimes is I knew it was happening (laughs) I just knew it was Dewdrop and it made sense to me because Becky I'm just gonna say this Becky has beaten both Bianca and Liv, but they also gave her a test, and therefore she took Bianca out because she's gonna. It's gonna be a Mania match. Anyway, go ahead. If you have anything to add, stop it. Stop it. If if you're done with that, if you're done with that, I'll move on because that was actually my number four. So that's perfect. That's a perfect segue. So we don't have to spend too much time on it. Uh, The can they coexist angle is exactly as it is. It. I think it works. But it doesn't work every single pay-per-view cycle. And I've made reference to this multiple times. Can you do it? Yes, you can. But you cannot do it every single month. And WWE has made a habit of it. It should be maybe at most once a quarter. But instead, they've decided to make it the trope for at least one storyline. Every pay-per-view cycle needs to stop. Let's move on. Number three. Go ahead. I'll let you do number three. Yeah. Well, I mean, my number four already was... uh, um, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no. That was my number three. My number four, it, yes. it was my number. Uh, it was my number four, but then I moved it to number three. Gotcha. Um, number four for me is the Dan Lambert promo on Dynamite. Uh, woof. Uh, Which one? There were 20 of them. Oh, uh, well, uh, specifically, <laughs> specifically the one uh, with, um, oh gosh, Lance Archer. The, okay. the Lance Archer one. Uh, I am done. I am done with this guy. <laughs> like it, it's it's like I'm American, and I do not subscribe to the Dan Lambert uh, version of America. Okay, it's uh, yep. that whole. You know, it, it, it's 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 very rooted in political, and maybe he's not even like that in real life. I'm imagining he probably isn't, but it's becoming like a certain yapper out there who yeah. is not favorable. Yeah. And I I didn't mind it at first, but it very quickly, like when he first came in with with Ethan and Scorpio. Uh, but wow, I just don't need it anymore. I have nothing else to add. There are weeks where he's good and there are weeks where he's not. And unfortunately there are more weeks where he's not. And I know this is, it's going to be a divisive. uh, This one's going to be divisive because some people love Dan Lambert and they see it as a gimmick and other people are just over it. So let's move on. My number three is going to be, it's actually a tie from SmackDown. Aaliyah versus Natty. And Charlotte versus Naomi. 
Hmm. I'm doing this from the match perspective. Both matches did not work for me. Both stories are going absolutely nowhere. And we won't go on with the Naomi and Sonya stuff because that's a whole other can of worms. But those two matches just, they did nothing with them. They DQ finished both of well, DQ and screw finished both of them. It doesn't work for me. Do better. That's all I have to say about that. Well, it's interesting that you say that we're not going to go into that again because <laughs> I have that on my list. <laughs> there we go. Where is it on your list? Really? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Sonia, is it specifically Sonia and Naomi? Mm-hmm. Okay, so then yeah. we'll get back to that and we'll we'll, we'll do that as its own. Uh, give me your number three. My number three was Vince. Um... Right. And uh, Austin Theory. Yeah. Perfect. So we can move on. Uh, number two for me was the AHFO segment from Dynamite. Talking about Dan Lambert, you know what I want them to do? I want Dan Lambert to get a stake in this. I want them to be the AHFO, the awful, because this is what this segment is and this is what Hardy Family Office has become. I don't need Andrade mixing it up with Matt Hardy. I don't love it. I don't need it. I'm ready to move on just it, it's bouncing the butcher and the blade and private party off to different different people and having them represent different different owners which i do not like yeah. that is my number two it's 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 pretty bad yeah i mean it's and it's really it's it's just been the butcher and the blades like deal since coming to aew but they're always with somebody else i totally no. agree it, do not need to stop <laughs> give me your gimmick give me yours uh, so my number two is Gunther. <laughs> it's, 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 and, and specifically because of the way that it transpired, like it just came off so unnatural, you know, they, Roddy and, and Walter have a great match on NXT 2.0 and then it's over and then Walter's getting announced as the winner, and then he's just like, "No, no, the winner of this match is Gunther." Where the heck did that come from? And you know, I'm not getting into the whole that other stuff because that's for something else. That's not for here. This is hits and misses, and and that was just like, if you're going to do something like that, make it normally looking, normal looking. It it just was not. It was bad, and he almost—it almost looked like he wasn't happy. In a way, saying it himself, it was just like throwing the mic down. And, but I mean, I don't. Again, I don't know, you know, what his feelings are about it. But it was just bad. I, I'm not a fan of Gunther. This was my number one, which is great because we have oh, wow. to number one. Um, what I but what I don't like about it is the man has experience he has mm-hmm. a name and he has value and he has and it's not a question of whether or not wwe can sign the ip because they have done that before with walter they did it in the uk and for them not to bring it to the u.s feels a little strange to me so he's going by gunter now whatever that means that's going to be up to him up to creative to explain moving forward i will i will give that a week i will see what they say for all i know he's going to say i am uh I'm fleeing my Austrian heritage because they're trying to kill me. I need to change my name. So I moved to the States and this is my beautiful wife, Ginny. I don't know. Regardless, I didn't love the name change. 
the controversy that came with the name change to me became a little bit blown out of proportion and we don't need to get into that if you really want my views there's a podcast on this channel where i'll talk about it later on but instead i'll just say that the name change itself wasn't warranted and just the the way they went about it like you said didn't really work for me i think they're trying to make it a hook so that you come back on tuesday i understand that but a lot of people are gonna just say forget it i'll just wait for socials or someone else will tell me about it yeah i don't think it's gonna bring eyeballs to the show it's just gonna bring people being like well what the why why should i come back that's how i feel give me your number one let's go all right so number one for me as i said sonia and naomi this whole thing is uh very unfortunate because it does have undertones of certain things and no you can flat out say it people have said it for a while it's it's effing racist (laughs) it it is it it really is go ahead Uh, i i and i because we we don't know we don't know the motivations for this on sonia's part what why do you not like naomi why are you never saying why you don't like naomi you know adam pierce has questioned commentary is questioning naomi herself and there's no real clear answer to this so of course it leads one to assume that it's racism yep it, it's it not only that though not only is it making sonia look bad it's making naomi look bad because she's just going along with it really like that match on smackdown yesterday was pitiful it really was just pitiful and like if i'm naomi right and and i see sonia come out now and now she's making herself the referee i know i'm not winning this match so yeah. what am i even doing in the ring i'm gonna walk up the ramp i'm gonna go to adam pierce and you're gonna count me out and I'm going to have words with him about this because he seems to kind of be on my side. As we, as we saw later on, he's trying to get now a, an official match with him. So I'm going to go to him. I'm not going to deal with her anymore. Count me out. I don't see. This is the thing about about certain booking like this. It, it that really grinds my gears like a lot. Um. You just because the wrestler is supposed to have a wrestling match, um, a wrestling match, excuse me, you don't have to go through with it, especially if you know, if you know that nothing good is going to come from it. If the person that's going to now make themselves the special referee is not on your side and you know that you're going to get screwed, just walk out. Roll out of the ring, let her count you out, go to who you need to go to. Obviously, you know, this is scripted. It's not, you you know, but uh, like, this is what I'm thinking. Like, that's what I'm going to, you know, if I was trying to make a storyline like this, which I wouldn't, I would have already had Sonya explain, you know, this whole reasoning, obviously. I'm going to be like, okay, you're going to just roll out of the ring and you're going to go to Adam Pierce and you're going to count it out. Yeah. It, it, it makes her look bad for just like, oh, yeah, I'm going to wrestle this match as if I have a chance of even winning. It's like one of those babyface tropes that I'm really, really annoyed with. I, I have not much else to add. They could have explained why Sonya has a problem with Naomi. They could have made something up. They could have done literally anything. Instead, they're stringing you along. And originally I said, you know, okay, I'm going to hope that it's not 
a, a, a case of racism. I don't think, again, I still don't think because they're not outwardly putting it out there, but it's hard to not see it that way because they're just, they're dancing around an issue that is a non-issue. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it becomes a larger issue. And I don't think they see how tone deaf that is. And if the, the response is, oh, it's because she doesn't think she's that great. And Naomi thinks she is great, but Naomi, it doesn't work. You don't, it doesn't work yeah. that way. Saying you're an extra when you think you're a superstar, that doesn't work for anybody. Because we all know what Naomi's done. We all know what Naomi's about. We all know that she is a very talented wrestler and whatever, a superstar, whatever you want to call her. She deserves to be there. And I don't know why Sonia of all people would suddenly have a problem with her. Hmm. So I agree with you. It's not my number one, but I fully agree with you yeah. as to why. I actually just be. had a thought. I'm wondering if maybe this is, maybe she's going to win the rumble from the, I, I don't, don't think know. She's gonna win I the hope rumble, I, I would not hope. I would hope not because it's just going to make this worse. But uh, yeah, that just like popped into my head right now. <laughs> That's our top five misses. If you agree with it, awesome. If you don't agree with it, tell us in the comments. Now, Drew, the most important question of the week. Who's your favorite wrestler? My favorite wrestler this week, based off of promo and and in-ring, was John Moxley. Same year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, had a great return, had a great match, had a very, very good showing, and you're absolutely right this week. I think it was Mox's week. Uh, there's nothing else I can add to that unless you have. No, it, it was it, it, the promo was perfect, and I think Ethan Page was a great uh, first match back for him because Ethan Page is very good. I enjoy Ethan Page a lot, and the match was great. So, and then of course the the moment afterwards with Brian Danielson just makes it even more exciting to see what's coming next. Yeah, I agree. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to doing this with you so much more often. We'll do it weekly. Drew, I had a blast. Let's keep going with it. Yeah. Where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me at Big Money Drew on Twitter and here every Saturday for Fightful Overbooked. Hit or miss with Joel and Drew. It's uh I'm really excited for this and um Let's uh, let's keep it going. Hell yeah. I'm at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. We'll be back, youtube.com slash Fightful Overbooked. Go find another video to watch. Ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary, we'll see you in the next one. Cheers.